0: Hocus pocus come into focus. Give me a clue. Smart Dribble is for you. It's smart dribble time, everyone. Hello, John.
1: People do love rhymes, Kurt. So that I'm sure that's an excellent start to this episode. Hocus pocus.
0: You know, we know that the Cockneys love their rhymes, as we've talked about. It's amazing how they can do a rhyme down the line and come up with a word and you've got to work it back like five levels, but it works every time.
1: Well, you spent a lot of time in your career in advertising, so you know that rhyming is just easier for people to remember. And also, you can remember that if the glove don't fit, you must acquit.
0: Exactly right. So rhyming is huge, huge, huge. John, for today's episode, I would like to follow up on last week's.
1: I'd, like, a companion. To
0: have, I'd like to have the yang to the ying.
1: Okay. The
0: push to the shove, the flip to the flop. You know what I'm saying here?
1: The teeter to the totter, which was a clue, which was an answer in this week's crossword puzzle. Teeter totter, it's a seesaw. Right, but it was a two-part clue in this weekend's crossword puzzle in the New York Times. Teeter totter.
0: By the way, I have to admit something. Last week, you talked about espresso martinis. Yes. My son, my younger son, ordered a round of espresso martinis the other
1: night. And is he still allowed to traipse around mankind with the last name Schneider? Well,
0: I don't know because I didn't drink mine.
1: I gave it to him. All right. Did you give him a stern warning?
0: Yeah, you have to have morals, John. You have to.
1: You think this is a moral issue, a morality yes. issue? Yes. So you wanted to have a push to the shove. So oh, right, right, right. Tell right. us about the push and then introduce the shove. So the push last week was we talked about how
0: there are words like the one that described you, adorable. That are new words that the dictionary, like Merriam Webster or whomever, adds each year because they're words that come up that someone comes up with, whether they're a conflation of two or something, and they become so popular that people put them into the dictionary. That was last week. It was a very, very interesting episode, I think, because we learned about new words like adorable and shrinkflation,
1: shrinkflation or whatever. Shrinkflation, yes.
0: So this week we thought, okay, if we're adding new words, the yang to the ying, the bailing of the boat to keep things, you know, in the scales of justice, you got to get rid of some words. So let's talk about some words that the dictionary is actually deep sixed, gotten rid of, thrown out, done. You're your word once. You're not a word anymore.
1: So you have presented this as a an issue of justice. Yes. So when you bring something new into your house, Kurt, do you make it a point to take something old out of your house? To to maintain this justice, judicial equilibrium thing you got going on?
0: It's sort of a verbal and judicial feng shui, John. All right. So the answer is yes. I like to even things out.
1: Okay. So before we do, I'm going to ask you a word. You You know what people don't
0: do that with, by the way? Sneakers. And they should. Okay, go ahead.
1: I'm going to ask you a word. And you tell me whether it has been added to the dictionary removed from the dictionary, or was never in the dictionary in the first place? Ooh, excellent. I'm ready. The word is awesome sauce.
0: It was added, and I think it was added
1: like two years ago. Yeah, so this is not a good moment in the history of mankind, but (laughs) awesome sauce is in the dictionary. We should do a special episode after this one on words that we would like to be removed from the dictionary. If you and I were to be full-fledged professional lexicographers...
0: You know that the word dough is in the dictionary, as in Homer Simpson? Dough!
1: I'm not surprised. I yeah. use the word lexicographers, which is a really difficult word for me to say. I would like you to acknowledge that.
0: I acknowledge it. Is our lexicographers still in the dictionary?
1: I guess that would be a bit of a ironic circular reference kind of thing, since it's people who basically make dictionaries. That's that would right. be a fun job. We should move on to a career in... Writing greeting cards and then choosing paint colors, and then we can move on to lexicography. All right, Kurt.
0: (laughs) Wait, can I ask you a question now that a week has gone by? Have you started the book I gave you six years ago that you hadn't started a week ago?
1: No, but I did something else this week. (laughs) What? That I'd like to report. Not the professor and the madman. You didn't start. A very dear friend of mine told me that his firstborn elder son got engaged this past week. Mm. And that would be you. Yes, and your son Walker. Congratulations, Kurt. Thank you, John.
0: Thank you, but it's more to them, not to me. I, I, I
1: know, but they're not here right now.
0: Ah, okay. Thank you. All right. So, give me a word that has been removed from the dictionary recently because we just added ones.
1: All right. I'm going to tell you a word that was in the dictionary, has been removed, and it's a word that I would be lobbying to get back in if I were a lexicographer. Excellent. And that is the word "snollygoster. The word snollygaster was in the dictionary, and it's basically a shrewd, unprincipled person. It is not a nice thing to be. That being said, it's ridiculously fun, borderline amusing to say. So, snollygaster was in and is no longer in the dictionary. Do not ask me the derivation. I'm not going to, but I'm going to ask you, when was it the height of its fame? I don't know, but the first thing I thought of when I heard the word snollygaster which I would say somewhere between one-third to one-half of the population would think is, that sounds like something from Willy Wonka.
0: Yeah, Snollygoster.
1: Snollygoster.
0: Yeah, it would be something that wouldn't taste too good, but yeah, you get through it. So how Perhaps about... Acrid
1: in its Ac- taste.
0: Ooh, acrid as in acidic, a little bit. It was
1: in the dictionary. It was in the crossword puzzle too. I'm using all these words that are floating around my head. All right, so Snollygoster, unfortunately, is no longer in the dictionary, Kurt. What you got?
0: Well, I'll tell you a word that has been dropped, which I think had its height in, uh, I would say, Gilded Age, New York area, 1880s to 1910 or so. This word is alienism. Now, wow. not, and it's not the definition of, you know, you're an alien from outer space, like an extraterrestrial. It's not alienism like you're a foreigner, right? Illegal aliens or not. It is alienism that was the study and treatment of mental illness.
1: Uh-huh. Of course,
0: we all remember the book, The Alienist by Caleb
1: Carr. Which Not to be confused with the movie The Alien, in space, no one can hear you scream.
0: No, no, no. Two totally different meanings. The alienist was an early sort of therapist, psychotherapist, and but they were studying mental illness, and this was of a serial killer, remember The Alienist, so, but no longer because apparently. They think it's insensitive,
1: I guess, to extraterrestrials. I'm not sure. It doesn't really sound like a nice way to characterize the treatment of mental illness. And it's, they uh, it's You're so back. messed up and different. You're like from a different planet. Doesn't feel terribly inclusive.
0: So alienism, you can't use it anymore if you're talking about that. Just saying, gone, done. Kurt, what did you have?
1: You know, Snulligaster, I mentioned Willy Wonka. It could also be Dr. Susian. you know? It's got that kind of feel to it. Kurt, what did you have for dinner last night? And more importantly, did you deliciate in (laughs) your dinner?
0: (laughs) Yes, because I had pizza and I always deliciate when I have pizza.
1: So deliciate, which is no longer.
0: Oh, so I couldn't then, obviously.
1: So you, you may have deliciated, but it's not something that anyone would have understood unless they were listening to this podcast. To deliciate is to delight oneself particularly like to indulge in feasting or revels, which I assume relates to revelry. So pizza, I could see pizza triggering... Deliciate. Yeah, deliciate. It kind of sounds like delicious, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) That's where probably where delicious derived from it.
1: It, That would be a heck of a coincidence if those two words were not related.
0: And what happens in... Language and conversation, if someone uses one of these words, do you have to say to them, I'm sorry, I no longer know what that means? I did last year, but now that it's no longer in the dictionary, I don't understand you.
1: Kurt, how often are you having a conversation where the person you're talking to has no idea what you're talking about based on the words you choose? Quite often. And does that have anything to do with those words being in or not in the dictionary?
0: Uh, sometimes, because I tend to make up words
1: sometimes. Do you ever use the word guard a little in a sentence? <laughs>
0: You know, my brother made up a word when he was in high school, concusatory.
1: Well, that's very interesting because I worked with people, gentlemen who also made up a word, which is sort of similar, concretize as to make concrete. That's actually is a real word. I know, but I, I don't think he listens. So don't tell him because he thinks he's attained immortality. He didn't make I... that up.
0: That, that word's been going on for a very long time. But I do, I mean, would you be one of those people who would say to someone, I'm sorry, but you used C8 and that's no longer a word. So we're not going to accept your conversation?
1: I think the word is similar enough to other words people know that they could infer the meaning and with the words around it could figure out what you meant.
0: But I, I would call them out. Like I was playing tennis today and my partner said, that was a great shot, irregardless
1: of what happened. I said, Oh nope. my God, I hope you were no longer partners with that person. <laughs> I said,
0: I said, and this person likes to correct others near grammar too. So,
1: by the way, if if that had happened to me, I would have (laughs) bevered.
0: Is this another word that's no longer? Yes, the word bever. Okay,
1: is to tremble or shake. Bever, bever, b e v e r. So, if someone were to say regardless, it's possible as part of my adorkability that I would bever.
0: Now, if I just took that and switched it around, it kind of sounds like what it is, reverberate.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that's how etymology really works. It isn't? Unless okay. you're like in the bizarro lexicographer land.
0: I'll give you a word that is taken out of the dictionary because it's been replaced. And I know we tried for a while, but it's been replaced. John, yesterday I uh, came back from Miami and I landed at LaGuardia, the, the LaGuardia AeroDome. Ah, yes. Aerodrome, aerodrome. It's like the hippodrome. Oh, hippodrome, I think, was for bicycles, wasn't it? Anyway, the hippodrome is something that's... Anyway, this is the aerodrome, no longer, because now we use the word airport. The British tried to hold on to aerodrome for a while, but O'Hare aerodrome just didn't... I like it.
1: You do? I like it. Kind of even though it's a, it's an old word, it has a little bit of a Jetsons feel to it. It's kind of, I, can, I can see it being perhaps the one and future word we use for the place we get on aircraft
0: that's a really interesting thought because my what popped into my head was the old bicycles with the very huge front wheel and the tiny back wheel that's what makes me think I'm what are you doing jasper i'm riding to the aerodrome
1: stanley jasper and stanley so <laughs> oh. So I could see aerodrome just like ties, wide ties, narrow ties and bell bottoms and tapered bottoms It comes and goes. Why can't words be obsoleted and then reborn? Well, Maybe words lead multiple lives.
0: You'd have to petition to get it back in or just start a groundswell and just start
1: using it. It must be easier than ever with, all of, with social media to get a real movement afoot to get a word
0: You know what? Let's pick one of these words and try and bring it back in. You want to do aerodrome? Well, we'll see. At the end of the episode... I'd like
1: to give you a candidate for a word that should be returned to the dictionary. Okay. I mean, nothing to do with snolly gusters. So there was one day this week, you may have been in Miami, when it was really cold here. In fact, it could have even been yesterday, Kurt. Was it cold yesterday? Two days ago? Yeah. Anyway, here's a word, frigorific or (laughs) frigorific. So it's causing or producing cold. Makes sense. I'm frigid. Yeah, I think it relates to the word frigid. And the other day I was in my office and it was really cold. And I'm thinking, and I kept getting up to lower the air conditioning setting and lower the air conditioning setting. And it took me to the middle of the afternoon to realize it's not because the air conditioning was set too low. It's because it's freezing outside. So it was a real frigorific or frigorific day. I think it's frigorific. Don't you mean raising the air conditioning,
0: not lowering? Because I, I know, would... but
1: you know what I mean, lowering the temperature, lowering. But yes, I was raising Increasing. the number at which air conditioning triggered in. But you want to be a literalist? I'll get you back for the rest of the episode, Kurt.
0: No, but frigorific or frigorific, I like that word a lot. Now, can a person be frigorific? Like I was, someone was dating me and I was frigorific in my, in my emotions? I think it has
1: to do with more physical cold. I don't know if it has an emotional coldness, but the word frigid certainly can. So, sure, Kurt, why not?
0: It was frigorific outside. Do you say outside or
1: just it's frigorific? Well, I don't know. But there's something called semantic search, Kurt. So, we're all familiar with Google and, you know, there's search words. But yeah. semantic search basically searches based not only on the word, but the words around it, which create context for the word. Really? So, in fact, I suspect that's how your brain works, Kurt. That's different than
0: sentient search because sentient search would be my feeling,
1: right? Uh, listen, the next time you're at the aerodrome and it's really cold, you will be having a frigorific, prehistoric, postmodernism kind of time. Didn't that guy from Google
0: quit because he said the AI he developed was sentient?
1: He did. And you know how I know that? You mentioned it on last week's podcast. <laughs> I was just see if people were paying attention. So Good, good test. Hey, Kurt, let me ask you a question. When you're preparing for one of our episodes, do you make a list of notes? Yes. Me too, most often. Yes. What do you say we... Do you keep your notes after the episode? Yes. I do sometimes. What do you say we auction off our notes from our previous episodes to raise money for charity? How much <laughs> do you think we would raise?
0: <laughs> well, we would have to write a check to go with it.
1: Well, I think right. I would just have to bid for yours, and you'd have to bid for mine. All right. give me a work. Give me All a work right. super erogation i actually I, I aspire for sometimes to my better and sometimes to my worse to supererogate. super erogation
0: does not <laughs> supererogation no longer exists out of the dictionary. It is the performance of more work than duty requires, which makes right. sense. the super, right? So, hey. I was working, but you know what? That was supererogation you gave me because I only wanted a 20-page essay, and you gave me a 40-page well, that's, essay. That's,
1: that's the noun version, but the verb supererogate is to do more than duty requires, and sometimes we do that. Well, oftentimes we do that. Sometimes you know,
0: More you don't because it doesn't exist. The word stopped existing.
1: So, therefore, the behavior that it describes is no longer in the canon of human behaviors?
0: No, it is. You just have to describe it something else. You may not say you're super irrigating. Now, I would like to petition for a word to get out. I think the word icebox, as referring to a
1: refrigerator, should be out. It should be out of the dictionary? Yeah. You're going to lose frigorific and icebox no. in the same...
0: I think an ice box like the way Wim Hof uses it can still exist, right? But I think when people say, Oh, will you get me a beer out of the icebox? Don, sorry, time's passed you by, it's over.
1: When you open the ice box, nope. it causes a frigorific effect.
0: Yes, it does. Now, if it were a true ice box, like you carry the, you know, the ice ice. What were those things called that you carried them with the ice calipers? Maybe. They, they could kill people because they had ice to- claws. They had to be sharp.
1: I bet you they did kill people intentionally and unintentionally.
0: And I bet you if if one person was a little off in the mental acuity department and he killed people with his ice calipers.
1: Maybe they weren't off. Maybe they were subject to alienism.
0: Yes, exactly right. So are you with me that icebox as a refrigerator should be out of the dictionary?
1: No, I'm not. And I, I I will make a bold case for it right now. When you walk into my house... There is a piece of furniture close to the front door. Is a piece of furniture, probably the only piece of furniture I have that was in my parents' house. And for some reason, it's been in the family for a while, and I've got it. And it is a bona fide, no kidding around, icebox. So as long as it's part of my decor, it's part of my dictionary. Okay. Then can I make another case for a different word? You may do whatever you'd like.
0: Or phrase, because last week you said phrases were okay for words. Telephone
1: booth. So again, I don't want to, I don't want to brabble with you.
0: Brabble? What is brabble? Is that out?
1: Yes, it means to argue stubbornly, sort of quarrelsome chatter, a squabble. So brabble is a squabble. And I actually had brunch a couple of hours ago at a place with a strong British theme. And there was a telephone booth there, a British one. So it was very much part of my day already. So I don't know how I could take it out. And and we had, by the way, when we had brunch, we deliciated.
0: Do you think people brabble when they're playing Scrabble? Oh,
1: absolutely. But I would recommend Squabble in that case, because Squabble and Scrabble are more fun together than Scrabble and Brabble. Although (laughs) Scrabble and Brabble do rhyme, going back to my earlier comments. So maybe Scrabble and Brabble. So do you prefer rhyming or alliteration? Scrabble and brabble or scrabble and squabble. It's an interesting choice. Rhyme or alliterate? One of the great questions that's been posed to man for epochs.
0: And kind of like, do I want chocolate and vanilla ice cream? The answer is yes, both.
1: Yeah, I think it's a perfect analogy you've come up with there.
0: Right? Because one or the other. No?
1: No. I was giving you a highfalutin choice between alliteration and rhyming and you went to the basic flavors of ice cream.
0: But we're talking about Scrabble.
1: By I the way, have... ice cream can be frigorific.: It uh, can, yes. can certainly cause, produce colds.
0: It should. I think... But although if you in have... Baked
1: Alaska, it's hot, although the ice cream stays cold. It's that your... can't be easy to cook.
0: If you keep it in the icebox, it is. Uh, uh, good I, have a, point. I have an issue with something in society these days. Shocking. Scrabble... I get and I love. Words with Friends, which I play a lot. There's two people I play with and I have multiple games with each of them. Here's my issue. You can keep putting stuff in until some word pops up. That's not the right. In Scrabble, you put your tiles down, you better know the friggin' word and if it doesn't think it's a word, someone can challenge you. But in Words with Friends, I can make put in words that don't make sense until they finally make sense. That shouldn't be allowed.
1: Do you think there's a common Latin root between friggin' and frigorific?
0: I think there should be. You know why? Because if I, if you're friggin' doing this, then I'm friggin' cold as
1: ice, cold you know, as when cold. they do that. You're like, oh, that's cold. Why do you do say you... cold as hell? By the way, it makes no sense. Cold as hell. That is cold as hell. Yeah, IDK. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you play Scrabble a lot when you were a younger? Oh yes. I
0: think I've talked about this in a previous episode. My parents made because my dad wouldn't buy a Scrabble game. He went down and made out of wood, all these tiles and they called it
1: Schneider word. I did not know that story, which is amazing. As we get into episode close to 130, that I've not heard everything that's ever happened to you a few times, but I use the word younger. And younger. When, I asked you, when I was
0: younger. Yeah. When I was younger.
1: Well, a, a younger Oh wait,
0: a yonker. I thought you said younger. Yonker, like Y O U N K
1: E R. Y O U N K E R, yonker. Sounds yiddish to me. It does sound yiddish, but it means youngster. And by the way, it's very close to the word yanker, which also can apply to the childhood. No, that's hanger. Yanker.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yonker is a youngster, so we've yes. lost it. We've lost it. Gone.
1: Well, we do have youngsters, so please don't feel a deep void inside.
0: I think I'm going to start using some of these words and just see and see if anyone calls me out on it. Like tomorrow, I'm going to be on a business call and I'm going to say, all right, listen, I don't want to brabble about this and we'll see if they call me out on it. Or what if I say this? You know what? You're looking a little frutescent today. Frutescent,
1: yes. Tell us about Frutescent.
0: Frutescent no longer in a dictionary, got deep six, got thrown out, got plunged. got flushed. What it means is having or approaching the appearance or habit of a shrub.
1: Yes, I can see how that doesn't come up in conversation quite as often as why did it ever? Well, Monty Python thought it was good. So why did we need a word to say, oh, my God, you look rather shrub-like today? Is that because we didn't shave and, and groom our hair? as I, frequently? Think so.
0: I think it was before the Brazilian wax came in. It's <laughs> Wasn't
1: that an album by, by Squeeze back in the 80s? <laughs> the juice or is salt? not worth
0: this. By the way, I'm using that expression now a lot. The juice is but not worth the squeeze.
1: I use it quite a bit. I used to use it, but then I took it out of my dictionary. I
0: know, and I'm bringing it back. I used to do it too, but now I'm bringing it back to answer your point. How but about this?
1: The game is not worth the candle.
0: The candle?
1: Yeah, like in old times, you wouldn't want to blow a candle on that game. It ain't worth it. Like the juice is not worth the squeeze, the game ain't worth the candle. Do You try to make that up, but
0: it doesn't work. I don't like that.
1: But I will tell you, hang on. I didn't make. Basically, it means something that's not worth the trouble. And because you didn't understand it, I don't it doesn't it make sense. And you I don't, don't, it don't like it. I could play the game during the day. Okay, I'm it's an fun. expression. Remember, we do episodes sometimes that old. But expressions it's not a real
0: expression, John.
1: that don't make. First of all, if you were to use your internet appliance, Kurt, I'm trying to speak in technology terms, you would understand. My machine. If you were to use your internet appliance and type in to Google, game isn't worth the fact, go do it now. Game isn't worth the candle. Let me know if three or 400 billion results come up with that expression. Really? Yes. Just because it's not in your dictionary, Kurt, doesn't mean it's not in the dictionary, Kurt.
0: You know, that's gotten me in trouble a lot in life because I will tell people... Both my sons say that my first thing now, whenever they bring something up, is I say no, which I know a lot of times they're correct. So I You know what work. you
1: should do? You should have, I think you're prone to a Kang, and that's why you just burst out no without even thinking. I'm um, What? You're prone to a Kang. A-c- a A-C-A-N-G is a word that used to be in the dictionary, and it means to lose one's self-control. So... You're unable to stop yourself from saying no when presented with anyone else's idea. Sometimes the game is not worth the candle with you. Whoa,
0: listen, (laughs) don't be frutescent over there, would you? You're starting to look Um, like like, you're starting to be prickly like a shrub. I definitely
1: need to I definitely need to cut my eyebrows, but I'm not ready to be called frutescent.
0: How did holly make its way into our homes during the Christmas season? It's sharp and it hurts.
1: Have you ever laid holly on the mantle? Excuse me? Huh? Uh, No, that was Sheila. (laughs) What about mistletoe? Same idea. How did that get its thing? (laughs) We talked about that. Isn't
0: it poisonous? Mistletoe was a medieval thing. We, We talked about that, I think, in one episode. But anyway. All right, John, we have to wrap up this episode because I think we've done enough Telephone booth, you're telling me stays in, icebox stays in. We're going to make a case to get frigorific to come back in.
1: If nothing else comes out of this podcast, if we can restore frigorific to its rightful place in the dictionary and the American lexicon, we'll be well on our way to becoming lexicographers, professional lexicographers, or perhaps just lexicographers in waiting.
0: Listen, I was at the aerodrome yesterday and there were so many delays that uh, it was crazy. So the next time you fly, get to the aerodrome early, would you?
1: Well, I'm not going to do that by riding that crazy backwards bicycle <laughs> you were talking about.
0: I want to ride one of those with the big wheel, except you got to have one of those like
1: Irish caps on when you do it. The Big wheels in the front and the little, there are two little wheels in the back, aren't they? Just one. We're not talking about tricycles here, John. I feel like this is the kind of thing that you might experience at a World's Fair perhaps 100 years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, more than 100 years and probably 150. See, you're showing your age like 1884 or maybe the 1891 World's Fair in Chicago when the Ferris wheel was introduced. You know, uh-huh. who, you know who invented it? Mr. Ferris. I'm thinking, yes, Pittsburgh. Listen, was, I think- that was Chicago and U.S.'s idea to try to mimic the Eiffel Tower that was done for the france world's fair five years previously and we came up with they did eiffel tower we came up with ferris wheel kind of shows you the difference between france and america anyway we're young and snippy and snappy we don't have much of a history and they're more like honorific
1: do you feel better now much better thank you all right listen before another brabble breaks out thank you to all of our listeners for joining us with this week's episode kurt and i will be back next week with another episode of Smart Drivel. Until then, I hope your week is filled with Smart Dribble. And what does Smart Dribble stand for, Kurt? We promise the dribble, we hope for the smart. Exactly, well done. All right, take care, Kurt. Bye everybody.
0: Bye guys, ciao.